before your presence thanksgiving praise rejoicing and expectation and hope and faith father we thank you that the faith that you placed in us is a sure deposit it will do what it is supposed to do for us and for anybody else who would dare to believe you so we thank you for that lord in jesus name amen and praise god amen 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 i want to talk today about the fixed heart the fixed heart the fixed heart and uh, that word fixed has several meanings i like god because he can make it real to you no matter how you interpret a word never noticed that when i was uh needing a scripture for somebody that um was facing um some some very very severe heart issues and this now that i'm thinking about it's been over 20 years ago because i was living in detroit at that time and uh, this individual had been to the meetings and prayed and so forth and you know we were friends she's also a minister and uh i ministered at one of her meetings and so forth and so on and when it came time for uh for her to have a procedure um at the hospital she told me that she didn't want to have the surgery it was a heart surgery and you know how most people are when you tell them heart some major organ you know they can't get in the surgery quickly enough but she had been standing on god's word and trusting god to um, heal her and god gave me the scripture one of the scriptures we're going to talk about today and that is psalm 112 7 that says my heart is fixed trusting in god amen Uh, one of the translations you know that word fix gets interpreted differently with the different translations you get but so i thank god for the king james (laughs) because it says fixed and so i shared that with her i said well your heart's not there's nothing wrong with it god says your heart is fixed and so if there's something wrong with it he'll fix it if he can create in us a clean heart take all the sin out he certainly can repair whatever physical damage has been done to it and so she stood on the word and and uh, her daughter she has five girls and how many of you know five girls can cause a lot of trouble sometimes or a lot of good things <laughs> there were four girls in my family I always felt bad for my dad i would look at him as a daddy poor daddy you know he had to contend with that and as we got older and got hormonal he had five of us including my mother you know what i'm saying <laughs> and so we the girls called me and uh, told me that they were very concerned and they're young girls teenagers and young adult women and and they were facing their mom possibly not being there anymore and so i told him i said where are you at now he said we're in the hospital i said well arms are coming and so i went to the hospital how many of you know that it doesn't have to be somebody you're assigned to for you to obey god a lot of people ministers sometimes get hung up on that is is that my sheep is they who's your pastor and all that well if that were a possibility they wouldn't have called you got me 
and so we have to understand how to obey God and and all of those things and and so uh, I went and just as I walked in the the door of the hospital all the computers went down and they couldn't give me a pass to go up to her room and the elevators weren't working and so I just began to pray in the Holy Ghost down in the lobby and then pretty soon everything started working again and I passed her in the hallway I was on the way up to her room and she passed me on a on a gurney on the way to surgery and so I laid hands on her and I told her I said your heart's fixed and so she went down uh, and they suggested some procedures they could do and she said no thank you my heart is fixed and came right back up again as over 20 years ago and she's still whole and healthy has not had any problems see the word when it's believed will release power into your life so this this scripture works for a heart that's broken uh, I've seen people waste away from uh, fear anger and depression and hurt because somebody broke their heart you know and uh, it's just in human beings to be selfish that's not a unique problem it happens more than we want to believe that it does and we want to accept it does everybody's been hurt by somebody and so God can mend that heart and then he'll teach you who to trust in Ma'am? Well, you know, you receive that if you want to. <laughs> you take your trust out of man and put it in God, you'll be a lot healthier. You'll be a lot smarter. You'll be whole. Amen. Nothing against people. I love me some people. But my trust is in God. Amen. I, I've seen times where the person you were depending on God didn't use. He used who he wanted to use. Amen. Because he doesn't want us worshiping each other. Amen. It's easy to do. We're all made in God's image. It's easy to fall in love with people and put all your trust and all of that, all your eggs in one basket. You can put them in one, but let it be God's basket. Amen. Mm-hmm. I was married almost 30 years. And I learned to trust God to use my husband for the things that he wanted to use my husband for. There are certain things you can legitimately expect out of a spouse. But they're not there to serve you in all of your emotional needs. But God understands you. You understand what I'm saying? You put that that thing in the right order and you'll have it made. But you get anything out of whack and get it out of order, then you will suffer loss because of it. Amen? Anything will break down. You know, people break down under the weight of having to care for you. And make you smile. And if you ain't smiling, they worried. And I, you know what I'm saying. It's, come on now. Some people is a lot of work. You understand what I'm saying? It's just, Beyond high maintenance. You know, high maintenance is normal. (laughs) You get me? It's normal. (laughs) I don't care what they say. It's normal. No, you know what I'm saying. There's some people that 
are just delightful and you like to cater to them you know I always look at my uh, my grandnieces you know they're just so cute uh, they're just the older they they're still cute you know you still want to buy little cute things for them and always try to make them smile and so you know that's high maintenance but they grow out of it they get their jobs and they grow up so so forth and so on so some people are are just they just touch your heart and you want to please them you just can't do enough for them sometimes but but I'm not talking about that type of affection that you'll feel you know naturally for people I'm talking about people who would make unreasonable demands on you or you would make unreasonable reasonable demands on that individual and so we have to realize that people are not made or constructed to be able to carry one another and so we have to learn how to depend totally on God he will bring the things into your life that you need and that are necessary for you Uh, so you know God is just able you know he's just very very able I thank God my husband refused certain things that I would you know in a little fit want to demand you know sometimes you just need you just have a demand on you you just got to speak it not me being a prophetess no (laughs) all right thank you caught me you caught me all right all right that was it. <laughs> Which he didn't buy that anyway. You know what I'm saying? So whatever. Uh, but you know, there were times where I would try and demand certain things, and and he would put me off. You know, or say no, or you know, well, let me think about it, or something like that. And so it taught me how to take my trust and put it right back over to God. God, is this something I'm supposed to have now? Is this okay with you? So, you know, the limitations of people are not something to curse or be upset about, but they can teach you to trust God. Sometimes people are very sensitive to you leaning on them too much and they will buckle under that or resist it. And so we have to understand how to put our trust in God. And that's what having a fixed heart is all about. It's about putting your total trust in God. The fixed heart, a fixed heart, will guide a person reliably in the way you should go. So fixing your heart, not letting it waver, not letting it be moved, not letting it transfer its trust from one situation or one person to another. It will help you. It's a steady compass that will guide you in the way you should go. So the heart or the human spirit is a compass. And when it is set and is unwavering, it can be trusted. When your heart is unwavering, you can trust what God speaks to your heart. So a fixed heart then makes a person trustworthy and it makes that person loyal now these are words that describe traits that we seldom speak of you know you don't hear people say much about loyalty anymore you don't hear them say much about trustworthiness anymore you don't hear those traits being exalted why because they're rare Uh they're rare and so we would rather celebrate as a as a society of people we would rather celebrate people who are rebels who do their own thing 
they we call them individuals you know they don't let people persuade them they know how to make up their own minds <clears throat> we'll begin to exalt those kinds of traits instead of looking at looking beyond the superficial you know because anybody can reject something anybody can uh, sit down when everybody else is standing up anybody can do a, an opposite thing and just be uh, uh, you know try to make their mark that way but very few people get exalted because they're loyal and trustworthy you know does that person is that person willing to stand in a commitment that they've made way beyond the norm or way beyond the time when they feel they should be doing it you know a loyal person will will stay when others have fled you got me a loyal person will be there uh, serving and I'm not talking about staying because you know they got it made there I'm talking about staying and standing in very difficult situations because they feel in their heart that they're committed to a cause or a person or to God and don't want to move committed to a church and don't want to move and so we have to understand that these traits come from a fixed heart they don't come from a heart that's wandering and wavering they don't come from a heart that's ready to uh, just look after self all the time you know that heart has to be fixed and fixed in God is the best place to fix it there are a lot of people that fix their heart they set their affection on something one thing or another on somebody or or getting something they want you know something that's going to put you on the map you know you better be be prepared to pay for that if God hasn't put that on your table uh, to partake of you you got to pay for that and so I think when a person's heart is fixed on God that makes that person person trustworthy because God is trustworthy when you put your faith and in, in get your heart fixed in his you take on his attributes because he's a giver he will share his his uh, personhood he will share his uh, personality he will share his spirit and his spiritual traits with you and he will allow you to be able to take on new strength new wholeness your life will take on new meaning uh, you'll be able to withstand and stand I mean it's worth it to fix your affection on God it really really is much more so than anybody else because people are limited in what they have to give you and they're limited in what they're ordained to give you and so we have to understand that when our heart is fixed on God we get the best results from for for that dedication and so so what does it mean to have your heart fixed in God well it means to be submitted to him in all things means to be answerable to him in all areas you have to give an account for what you're doing your accounting needs to be a good account I think it's always good I think it's good now I've I've taken up doing it more consistently in the past several years but I think it's good to start your day uh, reading the word of God just the, the word of God in you and not your personal uh, praise music or your favorite CD that somebody's made, but just you and your thoughts in that Bible talking to God. 
praying in the Holy Ghost allowing God to build you up and listening to what he has to tell you he'll speak to you from his word and so it's good to keep a daily schedule that way I always say if you begin and end the day with God it's a good day see it's a good day even if you do nothing more than worship God or thank him for the day pray before you go to bed before you turn in uh, as you turn in whatever uh, just acknowledge him as God and as the author and completer of a day for you God this was a pretty good day I thought it was pretty good what do you think was it was it what I needed to do with my day to day did I accomplish what you wanted me to do with this time that you've given me all of that I think is good sometimes you'll know as the day goes on you get a witness in your spirit from the Holy Spirit that you know this is good this is you know you get a peace as you walk with God and so that's always good to do so when you when your heart is fixed in God you do everything to meet his standards and his requirements your daily focus is how to please him I don't care if you're going out to have a picnic or have a party for yourself you gotta please God in the way you party amen and so that's why some people come home from a party and some people wind up wrapped around a telephone pole because you gotta learn how to include God in all of these things and so when we when our heart is fixed on God we use him as our compass you always find yourself coming back to being centered in God you find yourself coming back to allowing God to give you a witness that what you're doing is meeting his approval we have works to do for God that are foreordained he already has written down everything he wants you to do for him and he expects you to accomplish it Amen. without fail uh, there's one thing that you don't bring to the throne of God and that's excuses okay see we're so accustomed to getting slack cut I remember my mother she would tell us sometimes she said now you can ask for all this food if you want to but you better eat it all if I put it on your plate you better eat all of it you know my parents were were that way about waste I see so much waste these days Uh, people think that uh, things are are just disposable like that people aren't conscientious uh, like my family was and I remember having to sit like a, a hour after everybody was gone because I just knew I wanted to eat some more peas and I got them peas on my plate and I just did not want them peas but she didn't want me to leave that table until them peas were gone you see and so I think there's a lot of wisdom there and that is children need guidance once your parents tell you you know you don't you just think you want this you don't really want it and you think to yourself well yes I do because I know what I think and then you find out they read your mind better than you did so, and so it's the same way with God he knows what's going to be right for us he knows what's going to be helpful to us you can be convinced 100% 
that what you're about to do is the right thing and then you step into it and find out it ain't right at all you got me because God didn't approve of it and so we have to really really understand the inner witness we have to understand the character of God and we have to understand that he wants to lead us sometimes you can have something in your mind to do and it worked the last time and you're trying to work it again and God won't let it work this time and so we have to be ever cognizant of the fact that God is testing us to see if our heart is fixed on him if it's fixed on being loyal and obedient and trustworthy before him and so we can't we can't uh, you know fake this we've got to do it for real so the work of the Holy Spirit is to make us conform us to the image of Christ by leading and guiding us in certain things you know certain things that you do will tend to not let your flesh get involved in it if you are obeying God he puts your flesh to a minimum now you might be able to slip in a little something here or there but he doesn't want you to get carried away like that and so the Holy Spirit then will start to direct your steps in the way that you should go and these things are, are character developing exercises. They're to let you know that you are not to call the shots. You can't you don't know everything and to keep you subordinate to him and keep you under his control and his authority. When we recognize authority as a safety net, a safeguard and an assurance against trouble, then we'll we'll like it better you know we'll respect it more and so you know many times we grow up in households where we've been allowed to have a little too much freedom and you come into the household of faith and God wants to restrict that freedom for your benefit but you only see it as something to complain about and something you can't do well look at what you can do if you can't sin look at all the righteous things you can get involved in that's the way I look at it he took that away so that he could enhance something else in your life so restriction is a good thing restraint is a good thing you know there's this young football player everybody's got an opinion about him well I do too and I think he needs to stand in front of the flag it won't hurt him you understand and I don't think he's helping the cause he supposedly is protesting over one little bit but see there are people who will line up on this side well, he's got a right to do it and I'm with him well you know just because you have a right to something doesn't make it righteous you know there's a higher road to go than just doing what you are permitted to do you can step into a higher degree of wisdom see people who feel strongly about things sometimes God can use them to produce answers but if they never move beyond the level of the protest that's mm-hmm. like you know the people who are the anti-abortion people who protest in front of the clinics is some of them are out there because they're angry you know and they'll protest anything you know you can tell them uh you know there's some ants down there trying to make a heel let's go protest you know they're off and running some some people are professional protesters but then in that crowd there are also people who have compassion on women who have to make a difficult decision and they'll be the ones who'll step out and minister and maybe convince that woman not to sin on top of sin 
Amen. And and allow her the opportunity. And some of these women are married women, you know, and, and, and don't think a baby is convenient. I don't understand, you know, if you lined up all their live children and say, which one of these you want to kill? It's the same thing. That baby's alive. The man's still alive. And so, you know, we we have to understand that there are some things that God will do in us to cause a Holy Spirit restraint. Which is a higher level of living than just the basic right and wrong of things. You got me? There's a basic right and wrong that everybody can accept, but then there's a higher level of living that comes by the Holy Spirit, a higher level of restraint, and God will cause us to live there. Psalms 108 and verse 1 says, Oh God, my heart is fixed. What does a fixed heart do? I will give praise and sing. So a fixed heart is willing at all times to magnify God. There are some people that like certain designers. You know, and the things that they make. And they're ready at all times to magnify them people. Ooh, I like I like Louis Vuitton. I like uh, Michael Kors. I like uh, whoever else it is, you know. And they never say anything bad about them. Well, we should be even more so about God. When your heart is fixed and your affection is on God, you're willing at all times to bless his name. You never have anything bad to say about God. Not because you're afraid to say anything, but your heart can't conceive of anything bad about God. Amen? Now you can be a little upset because you think your stuff is late according to your schedule. You know, you prayed at 9 this morning at 10.30, you're looking at your watch. Well, it ain't may not be coming that fast. Amen. God maybe wants to test you to see if you can hold out for things. You know, a lot of times people, if they don't get it right now, they go on to something else. God doesn't want to develop people who are willing to go on to something else. He's trying to develop people with staying power. He wants loyal people, committed people, trust. He wants you to be just like his son. His son was loyal. His son was committed. His son was trustworthy. All of that stuff. He wants to bring that out of us. Sometimes it will shock you how quick you want to ditch what God wants you to do when something else pops up. Huh? All the devil has to do is get by the saints and rattle their cage a little bit. Huh? And they go to holding on to everything. God says let go and you start holding on. Oh, it never fails. So when your heart is fixed, you're willing to worship and praise God and no one else. You are devoted and loyal to God and not to self. In the Bible it talks about other gods. That includes you. With a little G. Because we can be little G's all day long. We can be always concerned about us. 
our problem is not really other gods we know better we don't have any interest in Buddha or Muhammad or you know Krishna or anybody like that we're more interested in ourselves amen and that's the God and then often that will lead to worshiping other gods you get too self indulged and your spirit starts to cry out for contact with God you've been used to contact with God you go worship something else you got a lot of people that uh, grew up in the Christian church in their new age well uh, I just I know the spirits of my ancestors are watching me you know those people are in denial because they know something about the work of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit that is everywhere but they rather give the ancestors whoever they are you know credit for something self always wants to compete with God for top spot man does yourself will be you you'll start wanting to give and you make up your mind oh i'm gonna work a little extra and i'm gonna you know increase my tithe or something like that pretty soon you'd have thought about something else to do with that money mm-hmm. self will take over and you forget the commitment that you made it's very common so when self is our first consideration god is either in the i would say in the passenger side in the car but we throw him in the trunk Huh? And put God in the trunk, cause I, I, he, uh, God told me I could do this with my money. I'm gonna go do it. I'm gonna go tie one on. So we have to be careful that that we are vigilant over our hearts. When your heart is fixed, then you put a guard over it very diligently. Amen. Isn't that what the word says? In Proverbs four it tells you to guard your heart diligently. It says with all diligence. And that means extreme diligence because the issues of your life come out of your heart. So it's not telling you to guard your heart for anybody others anybody else's benefit but for yours because whatever is going to impact your life will come out springs forth out of your heart so you want to make sure that what's in your heart is pure it's lovely it's a good report it's praiseworthy and thankworthy you don't want anything coming out of your heart that will be detrimental either to you or to anybody else you want truth in the inward parts man you want God's word in there and you want an accurate assessment of the environment that you dwell in according to God's word there are some things in life that are not acceptable to God and we have to admit that we have to own it and we have to seek God's answer for it and do our part to get it corrected that's just all there is to it and so when when things are not acceptable to God then we have to make the necessary changes you make changes based on what God thinks about your situation how he views what you're doing with your time how you live your life all of that stuff and so when you have a fixed heart you are continually after God's approval after oh yes we have to have approval folks we're not just in this life to do what we want to do grab a scripture and run off but we really are seeking God's approval amen and and you want his sanction on what you do because then you'll be blessed for your efforts if God doesn't sanction what you do the the blessing is questionable absent or diminished so you know take your pick but it won't be the full blessing so when God is is uh 
move to the back of our interests we can easily go after other gods amen uh, I ran into a person once they they say they're Christian you know they, they're denominational type religion but you know they said they gave their life to Christ and so I believe them but they're not doing much with it well if you're in a church that you watch the clock till the hour's over so you can leave and they don't read you any scripture or anything like that you're not going to have too much to feed on and so this person was telling me they were uh, going to yoga class and so I asked them I said why would you go to a yoga class well uh, I work hard and I need to relax mm-hmm. so when I okay I is on the throne. See, I work hard. I need to relax. And I said, well, if you're a Christian, God has given you his word for that. Mm -hmm. Complete silence. I said, did you know that you can read a passage of scripture and get more peace than you get in a yoga class? You don't have to buy no equipment. You don't have to sit up there and chant and pretend like you're not chanting. Huh? You don't have to strain yourself. You can just receive the word and feed up. The, well, I'm not talking about that. Well, I am. Let me talk. You done talked already. I listened to you. You let me talk. And I'm telling you, if you are a Christian, it is against God for you to go to yoga class and do that instead of taking God's remedy for your stress. Matter of fact, if you read the word more, your job wouldn't stress you. Your job would be a joy. Uh, so you need to start doing this my friend you need to start doing this yeah. so you know of course yeah, I was feeling good about myself till I called you I said that's good and you were feeling good about the wrong thing see self again feeling good about myself huh? hmm I want you to feel good about God. I don't want you to feel good about you. You need to feel bad about you. You're going to yoga instead of going to God. Huh? So, see, you know what, folks? Now, most people let them off the hook. Now, I'm not that kind of girl. I'm just real sorry. God didn't make me like that. I'm usually the last resort before people step into hell. You understand what I'm saying? So, when they stop by my door, i got to be ready to give them the answer and no wiggle room. Amen. Just an aside. But you don't let people off the hook. They'll try to ply you with their self pity. Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I know what you're supposed to do. (laughs) So, number one problem with, with the self life is that people are ignorant of what they have in God. See, many times we can enlighten people as to what they have in God if we will seek God for the answer. You have to seek God for the answer and the right answer. Oftentimes people who are self-motivated or have self on the throne are very disloyal. And they're not looking to God to solve their stress problem or any other problem. 
They're just looking for an answer. They're looking for temporary comfort and that's all they know about. Now I can remember when I would come to church and I would feel so good in church and after I left and then I get home and I said oh boy here it goes again. I didn't know God lived inside of me and I could take him home with me and enjoy him. I thought it was confined to the building that I was in. But I learned. Huh? I learned. I learned how to walk in joy. I learned how to keep my expectation of good high even when I wasn't in the presence of the saints. Amen. And I learned how to carry more to the next meeting. It's very important. If you let life wear you out and come in all dry and, and depressed and want everybody to pump you up and keep you pepped up, you know that's no way to live. You have the Holy Ghost in you all the time. You have a word of God available to you all the time. Come in full of life and full of the Spirit and you can enjoy the meeting better yourself. And have something to give to somebody. <laughs> People who get offended easily when they go into a church you know I don't know what people are expecting and they don't either but if you're set on being disappointed you will be mm-hmm. you're set on finding fault with people you'll find fault with them and so those people would never think of adding something to the service by coming in full of joy or coming in full of expectation they just come in and got so many problems you know looking for for water looking for life and if you don't get it or you don't get it fast enough then you want to sit there and whine all day long well you can't do that and not not and see God's trying to develop us with a heart that's fixed on him a fixed heart will not let you down you won't be deflated and depressed and can barely hang on and you just got to get to service or you ain't gonna make it another minute I mean come on now your life ain't that difficult and so we have to understand that God is there for us all the time many times he'll let us be disappointed in a service just so we'll know that we could have called on him before we even got there had something to to take with us and and then what it whatever you get in the service is added unto what you already have you know you come in there on a firm foundation and you get that foundation strengthened and you get something you get another tier added to your building so you get another floor added on Instead of living in the basement all the time. <laughs> let's, let's add to the height of the building. Amen. Oftentimes people who are, are wrapped up in self do not have a set inner compass. It wavers all the time. Oh. My friend who was taking the yoga class, if he had had a set inner compass, the minute the word yoga came up it would have set off an alarm on the inside of him your set inner compass lets you know what to avoid and what to embrace you don't embrace that because inside of you the Holy Spirit is saying no that is not for you I have something better for you the other problem people get into when self is on the throne is wandering affection. Huh? <laughs> wandering affection is an unfaithfulness with no regard for duty. Huh? When your affection wanders, your unfaithfulness 
gives you no regard for duty. Oh. When I was married, my eyes didn't wander and my affection didn't wander onto some other man. Not only was the fear of winding up in a body bag very imminent, <laughs> I could have been one of them cases I watch on bad people, you know, if I'd have been stupid. Huh? <laughs> My affection did not wander. My eyeballs did not wander. You got me? And so you, because that was my duty. I'd made a vow. And my duty was to uphold the vow. You got me? And so as I upheld the vow, then I found favor with God because upholding the vow was pleasing to him. Amen? No matter what your circumstances, you know, you must uphold your vows. You got to do what you say you're going to do. And God will hold you to these things. Amen? Or you suffer loss. You know, you don't want to be the person that's always settling for less because you don't do your part. Do your part. And then you, your heart will automatically expect the best because you're doing your part. I found this out with giving. I would try and give what I thought I should give instead of giving according to as I purposed in my heart. And if I gave what I thought I should give in my mind, I always had a nagging doubt whenever I would ask God for something. I said, I wonder if I, if the reason I'm not getting this now is because I didn't give what I was supposed you know, You know what I'm talking about. Everybody's been there. If you ain't been there, you'll get there if you're not doing what's, what God puts on your heart to do. And I found that it was better for me to trust my heart instead of my head. Because some days your head will tell you you're broke and you can't spend anything. Other days will tell you go go charge up everything. You know, your, your head is crazy. And so we have to learn to trust our heart. So I learned how to give as I purposed in my heart and then some. Don't give just the minimum that's in your heart. Give and then some. And that helped me to overcome fear of lack, fear of giving, all of those things. I found that there were I was still holding on to some affection for myself. Because there were things that I still felt that I wanted that I didn't necessarily want to run them by God to see if he'd get them for me. You understand what I'm saying? We always keep a little corner for ourselves so that we don't have to be totally accountable. Well, y'all might be perfect, but I sure am not. I struggle a little bit still, you know. <clears throat> I used to tell Pastor Shirley, I said, Look at here now, we getting up in age, girl. When we gonna do so and so? Let's do it now. Huh? Tie one on. Huh? If not now, when? If not who, us, who? You know what I'm saying? Let's get it on. Whatever. We didn't do nothing, but we sure talked about it. Uh, but you know sometimes you you get that impression that some things you just need to do but i think you need to trust god because when you trust him you don't you don't live a life of regret so the fixed heart is not a heart that regrets anything your mind may come up with some goofy ideas about, oh, you should have done this and you should have done that. Did you do enough here? Did you do enough there? Your mind will pretty soon get tired of torturing itself. 
Uh, and you'll move on to something else. But I think a person that's heart is fixed in God has no regrets. Because hmm? if you miss stuff, you need to repent. Regrets come because repentance is slow. If you're quick to repent, you shouldn't have any regrets. You got me? You, you're slow to repent is why you have regrets. Because there's still stuff hanging over that's undone and unresolved. But if you learn how to repent quickly, your, your regrets will be small. You'll <clears throat> understand whatever you fail to do. God either didn't have that for you. That wasn't on your plate. I know what people say. You know if it's in the word you can have it and all that and all that. That's wonderful. But keep living. And see if you get to do a lot of that stuff you thought was so essential to do. You'll find that you do the things that God has put in your heart with a certainty to do. You've got to be certain about things before you step out in them. And so God wants to do that. A fixed heart will embrace its duty to complete a commitment. It's very important. When your heart is fixed in God, it will obey It's duty to fulfill a commitment. So commitment is very, very essential. Honoring commitment. That's just basic covenant discipline. Because you're looking to God to honor his commitment to you. How dare you not have the same capacity. You should desire that same capacity. You know, the devil will stop you. You'll be doing something, enjoying it, and nobody else is doing it. And the first thing he'll show you, look at you, you're the only one doing something around here, which is a lie. Amen. It's a lie. You're doing your part. You can't take care of everybody else, but do your part. Amen. That's all you're responsible for doing. God will tell you what your part is. Amen. And in my life, my part's never been totally done. <laughs> I always got more to do. As long as you live, you'll have more to do. So we have to really, really understand these things about God. Colossians 3 2. So turn there. I want to read that. <clears throat> Colossians 3 verse 1 if you then are risen with Christ seek those things which are above that means spend your time going after things that are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God so in other words that says to me if you seek things that are above you got a lot of help getting them Where Christ sits on the right hand of God, he's your intercessor, your helper, your high priest. You have a very strong chance of getting what you want if you'll seek things that are above. This is hard to get Christians to, to focus on because there's so much beneath stuff that gets our attention. Amen. He says, set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. So there's a greater pull for things that are above. There's a greater strength to accomplish those things. 
there's a greater opportunity for you to receive those things because there's so much help on that that flow where the trouble is is finding stuff down here and latching on to it and keeping it isn't that amazing where most of our prayers oftentimes have to do with earthly things not eternal things Uh, now why is that because mostly we live in this realm and this realm gets most of our attention and so the bible says if you will set your affections set it on things that are above well let me tell you what happens to most people our affection gets set on things down here because we've never made the transfer God sometimes will allow you to get yourself in a position where you are forced to make the transfer and then you'll see how much better it is to live that way now that's usually what happens to us down here to get gets to be so rough and so hellish that we have to we just make up our minds to divorce ourselves from that just god just give me something to do so i don't have to focus on that so i'll think about that just put me in a place where this and my troubles down here are not so important to me and that's usually how it happens and then you think to yourself i could just kick myself for being upset about spending all my time being upset about yah 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 when I haven't got ya 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 yet and I'm still happy. I had somebody tell me one time that they you know, I was praying for for to get back with my spouse, you know, and now I feel guilty because I have so much joy. That old rascal gone. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why God had filled that place up. That person had allowed God to fill. And you get in a zone in God where it's like, who this spooky? I never knew this place existed before. I think I'll stay. Amen. And so this is how you learn how to live life in the spirit. You learn how to set your affections on things that are above. Before your affections were set on this earth and you refused to reset. So heaven was more of a distraction than it was an abiding place for you. You're consumed with this life and every now and then you check in with God and complain to him and tell him you got to get it today. And then you go back to focusing on what's wrong down here. Well God let you watch it until it got so bad you didn't even want to look at it no more. Well if you haven't been there you will be. Because that's how it's done folks. That's how the reset happens. You reset your affections. You have to do it. And many people do not do it voluntarily. Now we fall in love with Jesus and we come down to earth and start telling people about it and then we consume with people again. Well they don't like my God. You see how bad they treat me and I'm a Christian too. You know, Your affection is set on you again. Than on the things of this life. Now, there is a, a balance between your affection being set there and you understanding 
that things are not in your life according to the word of God. Well welcome to the club. As long as you live in this earth suit and as long as you heaven is up there and you're down here. You're going to have some things that don't line up with God's word. It's not what God promised. They're out of order. They're out of whack. Something's missing. But God says don't set your affection on that. So you'll get obsessed about getting this one thing in your life and you miss out life you miss out on life everywhere else. You can't live like that. God never ordained we live like that, like obsessed people. Huh? And so God wants us to have our affection set on what's above. And he'll straighten out down here for us before we know it. It'll be so straight it'll make your head spin. <laughs> One thing set after another. So God wants our affection set, not wandering, not wavering. We must have a vision for the unseen. The unseen's got to be very real to you and very important to you. That's the way God wants us to live. He care less about your spa membership and you know your nail appointment and all that kind of stuff he'll show you you know you start getting your affection sit on I just have to have I have to have my me time really <laughs> not if God's got plans for it you don't you find out what you have to have <laughs> yeah, we have to watch what you say sometimes you can think it and, and hope you get away with it uh-huh. God wants you to enjoy life but he doesn't want self on the throne and he knows when that's happening James 1.8 tells us that a double minded person is unstable in all of his ways so if your affection is not set on God and things that are above then it's wavering sometimes you love God sometimes you love you sometimes you want what God wants for you and sometimes you want what you want Mm -hmm. You have to understand that God wants for you what you want for you only differently. When God brings something into your life he wants it to be a blessing that you don't regret. Uh, Blessing without sorrow, blessing without regret. Don't get yourself into a place of regret over a decision that you made. Remember Romans 8.28 that he causes everything to work together for your good. Even though it's a hot mess right now, he's working. (laughs) You may not be able to see it, you may not believe, but he's working. If you believe he's working, he'll be working even more. Man, but he's working it out to your good. The end of the chapter hasn't been written. Amen. And so God wants us to learn to trust him over the long haul. He knows that if he gave us everything we asked for right away, we wouldn't need him. Pretty soon we'd be off doing something else. He bragging, telling people how wow, I live right. That's how I get all this stuff. Really? Hmm. Well, I, I think it might be my faith, or really? Hmm? So, honey, I'm a cut up, I'm a mess up, and I'm a half do sometimes, but God still blesses me. I, I don't know exactly how it works, 
But I never walk away from him. Every day when I get up, I make up my mind. This is another day to serve God. And I just go like that. Mm -hmm. As best you can, you serve him. That's, That's it. That's the blessed life. And you trust him. Try to stay true to him. And that's that's what you do. A double mind is a doubtful mind. Did you know that? When doubt comes in, you change your mind. And that's why God doesn't doesn't bless it because there's doubt lingering in there. Double minded people can come up with fifteen answers to the same problem in fifteen minutes. Oh yeah, I'll do it. Well, this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah, well, I'll do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's something different all the time. See, when your heart is fixed, God will give you what to do, and you don't know if that's the right thing or not. You know, you stepped out in faith, and God made it work. That's often the way it happens, folks. It's not just you know your right thing. You know, real rigid right thing. I mean, how much right can we actually know as human beings? But we put our confidence in God and we stepped out in it the best way we knew how. And God honored it and caused it to work. So that's just how God does things. So a fixed heart is a trustworthy heart. When God knows he can trust you, he will use you. If God is not sure what you're going to do because you're not sure what you're going to do, he won't use you. You have to be certain. I can remember early days of ministry God would tell me to go somewhere and I went and he didn't tell me what I was going to do when I got there how I was going to do it but I knew I had to go and that's how I lived that's how I was able to to do things for God because I trusted his leading and if he leads you somewhere he'll provide for what you need when you get there this is how it's done folks he's not going to sit up and discuss every detail with you because most people will argue with him and refuse to get involved if you know everything faith gets you involved without you knowing everything Hmm? now I'm not saying you're never prepared I mean come on now I study and I pray and I read the word and I you know do everything I know to do to to keep myself taught and up on things got me but when I step into the arena of what to do you don't know who's coming through the door you don't know what problems they'll bring you don't know anything and you can't control stuff the problem with the church is we've been con- trying to control things according to our level of speed. Hmm? Well, people that have a set time for things in the service and a set uh, offering scripture and a set this and a set everything set, they're trying to con- control things so that they don't have God come in and do something different. Hmm? That's all that is. They don't want to leave it up to God to do anything. They don't really trust him. don't really trust what he's going to do. Hmm? It's okay to have a, a structure to work within. But then you, you need to be prepared for the unexpected. You know, people lock the doors after a certain hour. People can't come into church late. That might be the miracle that's going to set your ministry 
up. Somebody coming in late barely could get there and needs God to pray for him, and he wants you to do it. Well, you got the door locked. How they go get in there? Just a thought. That's how you know ministries go dead. Things go dead. People are too controlling, much too controlling. I'd rather just be where God wants me to be and see if he wants to use me. If he doesn't want to use me, that's cool too. But if he does, I know how to expect him to come through. Expect him to do something. You know, you go to the supermarket. You're not looking for people to line up for prayer. But they'll do it sometimes. Just because God decides to connect you with people who really need him. So your heart must be fixed, folks. When your heart's fixed on God, you trust him. He's not going to send somebody you to pray for and you don't can't help them. He's going to send somebody he can use you to help. Amen. He'll do the helping. You're just an instrument. Hmm? So this doubtful mindedness has to be corrected, folks. We've got to not be of a doubtful mind. So doubtful mind will eventually be a doubtful heart. You'll be convinced God's against you and not for you. No, I see that happen to people. It's too tough. And you know, God doesn't want me to do this and He doesn't want me to do that. And then pretty soon you're not doing anything for God. You know, you just have to hang loose, do what you're supposed to do, not what is comfortable for you to do. Sometimes you gotta move out of your comfort zone to please God. He moved out of his for you. Jesus, you can't tell me he was comfortable on that cross. Or else our deliverance would be in vain. He suffered. He didn't get no special grace to hang on that cross. He was tormented and he felt everything. So it's not like he just passed through there. You understand what I'm saying? He was wounded. That means he hurt. He bled. He got thirsty. He was tortured and he died for us. So move out of your comfort zone. Don't expect God to make everything easy for you. Oh, that's not my gift. I, you know, I don't do that too good. Well, get to getting. You might get perfected in it. How you going to get any good at it if you don't do it? <laughs> I mean, that kind of stuff goes without saying, folks. Stretch yourself. God wants to do that. So God wants us to be trustworthy. Wants us to be trustworthy. So double mindedness won't get us anywhere God. He wants you to be of a single mind. Amen. And he wants your heart to be set on automatic. Where you automatically obey him. Now, if you've been saved any length of time, you don't need to have 15 confirmations and four fleeces. You know when God's speaking to you, wants to lead you out on automatic. Man, you know the watch industry was revolutionized with the uh, introduction of quartz movement and batteries. Two little small objects revolutionized the production of watches because I mean and they still make watches the old-fashioned way with a mechanical movement 
and your more expensive watches have mechanical movements they don't have the quartz stuff somebody actually sat down and and uh put all that stuff together and and uh you know the the ones that you see at auction and all that kind of stuff not just because they're old but because they're they're handmade um they still do it that way the mechanical ones some of them they wind with the movement of your wrist so what you put it on i remember having watches like that they were wound up when you start wearing them again you know, if you took it off at night put it on in the morning it automatically wound itself up then you have the ones with the movement dial those are the most expensive ones the ones you got cranked with the little spring in there but watches were slow to produce very expensive and expensive to repair so with the addition with the introduction of the quartz movement watches were made very very quickly mass produced didn't quite last as long weren't as expensive but you could afford to get a disposable watch you can get go on uh, uh, you know a lot of wholesale websites and get watches for a dollar two dollars a piece you know <laughs> Asian ones <laughs> Alibaba.com a thousand watches for a thousand dollars you know or 50 cents each or something like that <laughs> but it revolutionized things why because the watch ran automatically it didn't have to be watched it didn't have to be coaxed it didn't have that's what god wants he wants us set automatically to run for him don't sit back and think twice don't be the person that has to you know when when god says something your heart ought to be that's me i'm going to do that that sounds like god to me you've been waiting for God to put something in your heart to fulfill you to accomplish it and carry it out it's not a burden to you so there when your affection is set on what's above you're waiting for God to give you the marching orders to go ahead to step out and do something for him if you think about it the things sometimes that you are now doing for God you've wanted to do them for quite a while it takes a while for him to win our hearts over so that they're trustworthy and he knows he can put that in there that deposit in there and be trust us to carry it out so he wants our hearts set automatically to obey him to be faithful and he can be faithful to us in turn he's wanting to do more for us but we've got to sow that seed you've got to you got to be faithful folks if you want to see whatever you want to see out of him he's got to see it out of you man so we are the beneficiaries of the what the fixed heart produces you know god gets some glory out of the things that we do but when our hearts are fixed we are the beneficiaries psalm 112 verse 7 if you go back there what time is time miss lana Psalm 112. Am I over time already? Okay. Better not be. (laughs) No. I say to myself. Psalm 112 and verse 7. Verse 4 of 5. It says, A good man shows favor and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. So people who are good, good in their heart like God, he says he will uh, guide his affairs with discretion. That means you choose what to get involved in. You choose what's good and you don't get involved in shenanigans. You got me? Anything that's questionable or 
hanky panky surely he shall not be moved forever so this is the person that doesn't do a little bit of bad here and there and then straighten up he's his heart's fixed he's trusting in the lord a fixed heart trust god you fix your heart on something you can trust you don't fix it on something that's flimsy and can move and it says when his heart is fixed it's established verse 8 he shall not be afraid and that's the person in time of war where you've got enemies he will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies in other words until if you're involved in something where somebody is trying to take you down or take you out if your heart is fixed on God you won't, you're not going to go down you're going to see them go down amen not that you're watching for it but you know it's going to happen because they're they're disobedient to God the fixed heart trusts in a strong tower this gives strength to the individual people who trust God are people who are confident and they're bold and they're strong they're not arrogant and trying to promote themselves they just are you know who they are we benefit most from having our hearts fixed the person who trusts in God whose heart is fixed in God the reason that they are fearless is because their love is mature when you trust God you are a person who walks in mature love the Bible says perfect love casts out fear that's in 1st John 4:18. 1st John 4:18. It says there is no fear in love. So you're not scared of God. When you trust him that's taking care of all of that. Because perfect love casts out fear. Mature love or the God kind of love casts out fear. Because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. So a person who's fearful is probably wavering somewhere. Your heart is wavering. You get it centered back on God and leave it there. Man, I've been in situations where I wavered. And the day came when I finally said, God, you know what? I'm giving this to you. This is it. I'm done with the back and forth. I'm done with the concerns. I'm done with the whatever, whatever. And I'm trusting you 100%. Man, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him some people think the worst thing in the world is to miss God you probably missed him more than he's told you about huh? you just think that's the worst thing you know there's worse stuff yet <laughs> I'm not sure what it is but you understand we put too much confidence in ourselves have too much invested in that so our fear is not perfected I mean our love is not perfected because we're letting fear leak in and cause us to make decisions. The person whose whose love is perfect gets victory in the end and he knows it. Amen. He will get his victory in the end according to Psalm uh, 1 I'm sorry 1127. He is also generous to the poor. 
which means you know the source of your blessing you know you can't see what people do when they start getting selfish or concerned about they quit giving they just shut everything down oh man that person is honorable when your heart is fixed on God you're an honorable person you walk in everlasting righteousness every day you're not bad some days and good some man and you're also the enemy of the wicked Psalm 57 7 says that your heart is fixed and it's confident in God so a fixed heart is a confident heart first sign of of fear is wavering man you'll not trust what you decide to do you can't trust yourself you won't trust your decisions so wavering and don't be afraid of obeying God Hmm? you have to be a bold and a confident person so a fixed heart is a confident heart Psalm 57 uh, 7 my heart is fixed O God my heart is fixed I will sing and give praise awake up my glory awake psaltery in heart I myself will awake early I will praise you O Lord among the people I will sing unto you among the nations for your mercy is great unto the heavens and your truth unto the clouds amen and so that person exalts God in everything this is a heart that has tried God knows he's faithful and trustworthy many people don't go very far with God because they're afraid to try him and find out if he'll be there for them that's why many times God takes every other avenue away from you and then if you are smart you'll just hang on to him say God I'm just along for the ride I don't mean no trouble. I ain't getting in your way. I'm just, you know, I'm just over here, you know, waiting till my change come. Amen. And God, in turn, allows us to try Him and know that He can be trusted. He's not afraid of you stepping out there and seeing what He can do. He knows what He can do. You're the one who's going to find out. Amen. You need to find out. So we need to know that we can trust God. We need to know that we can fix our hearts. You don't have to keep going back and forth, taking care of yourself sometimes and trusting in God sometimes. You stay over in that zone where He's trustworthy you know I know sometimes we get fearful we'll stretch the truth you know out and out lie we don't want to face you know we don't like the consequences we think of behavior that's negative but what do you want to do add two wrong things to your list you can tell the truth and trust God to come and straighten it out for you you don't have to shave it a little bit take something away from it to make yourself look good God knows what you look like and he's going to help you anyway amen amen father we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding thank you lord for instruction in righteousness we thank you for your peace it passes all human understanding and we know that we can be confident in this very thing father when you begun a good work you will perform it until the end so we thank you lord for the performance of the word that we're trusting you to perform in jesus name amen and praise god if anybody needs prayer come on